For the last week and a half, Mike has been yeah, in Boston <laughs> going to cocktail bars and then drinking, going out at night, golfing, spring training games. Yeah. That's, that's a rough life, you know? I know. It is. Very rough life. Yeah. Take okay. all that out. I was working hard. <laughs> no. Now that's staying in. Okay, <laughs> now we're good. Okay, now we're good. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome to Always Parched. Uh, so today, we actually have another guest in the house. Um, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? I'm Chanel. <laughs> <laughs> so another local uh, resident of the Valley. Yes. So uh, we're all from Phoenix, uh, or not originally, but we all live in Phoenix, and you are Phoenix-based as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so today... We're actually going to be talking a little bit about your experience at, on the industry side, but we recently had a, a couple episodes that were talking about home bartending competitions, and Mike and I had lots of theories about how it's different than industry standards and like what the other side is thinking about when they're judging and all sorts of different things, mostly conspiracy theories that don't turn <laughs> out. But and I'm going to want to know if you're super pissy about it, if you ever don't win and come up with a million excuses. Yeah, spoiler alert, we did not win. Previous episode, there's a lot of excuses flying why it was not our fault. Right. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm mad when I don't win, but most of the time I'm just happy to play the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. Um, real quick shout out, uh, follow us on Instagram, always parched. Uh, we're also on uh, Facebook. If you need emails, comments, questions about anything that we are talking about, or maybe more importantly, our guest has something cool to say about, uh, alwaysparch at gmail.com. Chanel, you are currently working behind the bar right now at a bar called Little Rituals. Yes. Okay. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? So we are brand spanking new, um, just uh, about a month old. It is under the same ownership of Bitter and Twisted. So there is kind of that vibe of upscale lounge, a lot of different cocktails going on, a lot of different ingredients that maybe you're not used to, but still that same approachable, fun feel. It's a dream. I feel like I go to Disneyland every day, so that's awesome. <laughs> it was. It's a yeah. super cool. We were it's all there last spot. weekend. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I remember when you came. Here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with that was, and, and we did have lots of drinks. Yeah. Uh-huh. Several drinks. Try them all. Work our way through the menu. Yeah. Awesome. So how long have you been in the industry? Uh, a little over 10 years. Yeah. But not bartending the whole time of that. I've been, I have did some intermediate bartending. So starting maybe around five years ago, but I was never really into it. I was actually very intimidated by it. And it was something that I always wanted to achieve, but was like, yeah, it's scary. I'm going to serve. And then I just got like a huge passion for it. And I'd say in the last three years, I've really tried to take it to another level. And I've become honestly obsessed with bartending. (laughs) When you speak of having like that nervous or like scared of it, the fear from bartending, Mm -hmm. is there a specific memory that you have that will never go away, (laughs) either good or bad, of like something when you first started? Because I have one that's like burned into my memory of when I very first started bartending okay so kind of like associated with that fear of it or the nervousness 
Well, I, it's kind of, I think when I finally decided to commit to bartending, I wasn't as afraid. I was more just like, all right, let's do this. But so to kind of separate, they're very separate for me, was the first time I remember working in a like legit, fast-paced, high-intensity environment, and the bartender kept yelling at me because I was ringing in stuff wrong, and I was like, oh, bartenders are mean and scary, and <laughs> I don't want to do this, and wah! Um, but like the first time I ever started working in a legit bar, they threw me into the well the very first night of my training, and I was like, fuck. Like, <laughs> you know, and I was just so overwhelmed and I just had to put my head down was like if I don't do this then I can't be a bartender and I just kind of like dug deep and handled it and then I was like oh that wasn't that bad and then I just got this like a general rush like going on a roller coaster you know mm-hmm. so yeah. I don't know it was more fun when I got in it it is when you get to that point I have a little different uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> first time experience this was literally my first shift as bartender I had been bar backing at the bar for a while so, but at, at the, in that role, you know, you're not serving the guests, your guests, you're not really engaging with them. You could greet them or give them waters or something, but you, you'd leave the catering to, mm-hmm. to the bartenders. So the first time, again, they put me in the well, I'm standing right in the front, crazy busy. We had just won this award of like one of the top pizzas in the country or something. So it's like three hour wait all night long. There's pressure, <laughs> people standing behind. The first couple that I served was a beer and I set it down and had to have had it an angle or something. I literally like poured it on their laps. <laughs> first guest, first drink. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was like, oh, what did I get myself into? This is terrible. <laughs> um, but, you know, it ends up, then you get into this vibe and you get in this energy and, and it was great. Yeah. Great. Love it. And honestly, guests are pretty good about that because one time um, I was pouring a beer and this was a couple years ago and the keg popped and it popped on me. But the way I had the glass angled popped on them, too. (laughs) And so then, I mean, I learned, okay, let's tilt the glass the other direction um, so we don't have a splash zone happening. But the guests literally laughed about it. And generally, I feel it's. The separation between serving and bartending is huge because guests that sit at the bar are so much more relaxed and they're just there to have a good time with you. And I think that that's what's so important is that like we kind of become this like micro mini family for the 45 minutes to two hours that you're there. And that's something beautiful. It's a, it's a genuine connection if the guest wants it to be, you know? Absolutely. That's what they're going for. They're going for yeah. the hospitality and, and the conversation. And you know, it's like a therapist. You know, you go to your barber yep. to, for a therapist to get things out. And, yeah. You know, the same thing happens at the bar and for bartending. I've made amazing friends that started off as just coming in, become regulars. Now I'm at their wedding, I'm at their kids' mm-hmm. events. They're, they're inviting us to all these things and, you know, become really good friends. So it's a really cool um, environment and family like you said it's yeah it's a, it's a tight-knit family yeah and you do a podcast with some of those yeah people. right i was just <laughs> gonna say yeah. how do we meet yeah. oh yeah that's right we just sat at your bar yeah and made you tell us how you were making your drinks yeah and then i used you for a little bit just for a year until i married your friend and yes oh good and we really became and i was like okay well i'll give him a shot now i, can, yeah. I married your friend we can we can hang out now yeah Tight. have to <laughs> well, speaking of, we wanted to know how drinks were made. Since you did give us your recipe, mm-hmm. there is an ingredient in there that we're all enjoying right now, right? Right. This is in there? What do we got here? Oh, just some mezcal. <laughs> <laughs> and I put a little twist on this mezcal, though. because by gave defi- extra? Is that the twist? Yeah. By definition, <laughs> this is mezcal. 
Right, but it's not from? But it's actually Bacanora. Okay. So, so. we'll have to make two drinks. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just for Chanel's information, Micah, anyone that's ever listened to this and heard Micah complain about Mezcal knows, but Micah is not a Mezcal guy. Not a fan, but no. to my credit, I have ordered a Mezcal drink many times and I've reported to you each time. Yes, you do. So Tell us trying. each and every time you order a yep. Mezcal drink. May I ask, what about Mezcal do you not like? No, you it's may like, not. No. <laughs> well, because I mean, I, it's yeah, just it's not for me. Is it? I, I, I'm gonna I need like more. Like Micah. Yeah, I'm gonna need more. <laughs> Micah doesn't want to talk about it on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> I, you know what? I, there's a the smokiness is yeah. not my favorite. Same with a good handful of scotches yeah. that are just not for me, and I don't. I haven't fully developed this, but I have a rating system. So it's like my Rosetta Stone when I'm speaking. Not okay. for me means I don't like it, but I get why other people do like mm-hmm. it. So mezcal, not for me. That, well, this one isn't too smoky, though. I mean, yeah. this one's very vegetal and citrus. And there's a lot of flower, like floral components to it. Like it's not. If this were in much. a drink, which it will be, oh, right? I would enjoy because I had one recently at uh, the parlor. Even though Dinger wasn't there, I still go. I don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> and it it's was this, a good legacy. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Some say better legacy. Oh, <laughs> shots fired! I'll take it. That's fine. So on the menu, it had the Stiggins fancy pineapple rum, and then it said mezcal. So I assumed the mezcal was the minor player in mm-hmm. the. Uh, event and it was so it was like it it's similar to the green chartreuse or Mm -hmm. something like that where if it's in there you want to know it's in there but you don't want it to overtake and that's kind of where i'm at if it's in there but it's not the star i know she asked me why (laughs) (laughs) who wants wants (laughs) that's true green chartreuse i will take especially yeah you too for sure but i like it so I never think there's too much green chartreuse, mm-hmm. but in something like this, I get it why someone wouldn't. Well, maybe you should try a Mezcal last word because it has green chartreuse mm-hmm. in right. it. Right, yeah. And it's one of my favorite drinks. Maybe, maybe it'll fix that for you. Bridge, this bridge is the funny because I, I just like a month ago yeah. heard, I don't even know where it came from, but I heard somebody say mm-hmm. a Mezcal last word Fantastic. and I am just reminded again mm-hmm. and now i'm pissed that i haven't <laughs> tried it yet so for yeah. because it sounds amazing listeners uh so so they can understand if they don't know off the top of your head last word can you give a quick rundown of it are you who we look at? either okay. or anybody uh, okay so traditionally it there it's going to be equal parts of uh gin green chartreuse uh luxardo maraschino or you know maraschino liqueur so four ingredients mm-hmm. but that's the thing is with all like classic classic cocktails you can substitute different things so you could take out the gin put in the mezcal and have a fantastic drink i mean you could do it with even do it with bourbon you know you could do it with rum there's so many different options that you can do for most things um, but yeah. which is why the last word is a fantastic drink. But you, you take out gin and add in mezcal, you're taking a 10 drink down to like a seven drink. <laughs> See, for me, it's like you're taking like a four drink to a 10. There you go. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh. Because I feel like the mezcal gives it so much more complexity. Now, mind you, I'm a gin drinker, so I love gin. 
But I would. It doesn't sound like it. It doesn't sound. I could hear what you're saying. But for me, when I am having gin, I would rather be in something like a French 75, where it can actually like shine a little bit more. Because I feel like the green chartreuse is the heavy hitter in the last word. It's just so with all of it being equal parts, like it's kind of takes the cake. Yeah, maybe that's why I like it so much. I think so. Green chartreuse can take the star of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Micah knows what he likes. Yeah, right? (laughs) I'm trying, damn it. (laughs) That's all that matters. (laughs) Micah loves talking about uh, flavor, like Uh, notes. Notes. Flavor notes. Yeah. Oh, right. And and mouthfeel. In every episode, someone says the the words mouthfeel. Right. Whether or not it's. (laughs) I think something was said this weekend when we were all out, and one of your buddies was like, don't fucking say that again tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely Ferg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> had to have been. Yeah. yeah was, I, don't I forget like what it. it was, but yeah. He looked at me like I had a dick on my forehead. And, <laughs> and I was like, sorry, I just kind of, that's like natural talk. You asked me a question about something, I'm just explaining it. And he's like, yeah, don't ever say that again. <laughs> <laughs> like, All right. Ferg is a traditional guy. And so, well, when we were at Little Rituals, you know, he was the one who ordered. What did he get? Shot boiler in a boiler, boiler maker. Yeah, shot mm-hmm. shot in a beer. Which you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But you know, he it's likes easy. what he he likes what he likes. Well, Sticks to it. Most yeah. industry people after work, they're not going out yeah. and yeah. ordering all these hoity-toity cocktails. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know what? I've just spent the past eight to twelve hours mm-hmm. doing this. Mm-hmm. I would like a shot in a beer. You know, <laughs> like when I go out, I'm like a vodka soda, please, because I'm not trying to think. I just want to drink my drink or yeah. like have a glass of wine. Like I'm trying to turn off my brain. So I yeah. feel with Ferg. After yeah. our after our uh, parlor shifts, we would hit, um, we'd do like Armadillo. last call. Yeah. At, well, sometimes Armadillo, because it's right there. It's right yeah. there. But for a while, it was, we would do the 16th Street Shuffle. So CJ Tally's oh, when it no. was right there. Yeah. And then um, Swizzle in. Oh my gosh, the Swizzle. I broke up with a dude at the Swizzle. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Sw- swizzle in, stagger That's what out. That's you gotta do. Yes, yeah, Swizzle <laughs> Uh, so just so back to little rituals real quick. We'll wrap that up. But um, how? So you've been there. How long did you say you've been there? A few months. Well, so we just opened. Yeah. Um, so I mean, our training process started in January, um, and then we did our grand opening uh, during cocktail weekend, which was I. What is that? Was the sixteenth through eight. of February Um, but then we had done like a soft opening like a week or two before that so yeah I mean it's great like we already said it's great spot but what I really liked was the menu only Mm -hmm. because I mean I mean if anybody goes there or has been there it's not just a list of drinks which you typically see it has the actual picture of the drinks not just sometimes you see like the glass used like you know is it a rocks or a coupe or something like that but like an actual picture of the drink it's just not only informative but like super visually appealing like right. i just thought that menu was badass i really yeah. really liked it yeah i mean i ordered mine specifically because it came in a teacup because <laughs> yeah. i could see it like, that's right oh, the fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um they have yeah it was a very inventive menu i think the whole idea behind that which um maybe this could help you guys and listeners as well 
the whole idea behind little rituals is that um, you have daily rituals you do every day, right? You're going to wake up, you're going to check your phone, you're going to brush your teeth, you're going to make yourself breakfast, or when you get home from work, you're going to crack open a beer, drink some wine. Like you have these little things that you do all the time. So little rituals is something that we hope that you can integrate into your everyday life. And so they call it your third place because you have home, you have work, and then, you know, you have like (laughs) your bar and whatnot. Um, So kind of having our menu look like a vintage scrapbook or photo album kind of helps with that. You know, there is that homier feel, even though when you're in there, there's some bright, loud colors and it's (laughs) funky and it's fresh and quirky. We still want it to feel homey and Mm -hmm. welcoming. Well, yeah. (laughs) And, you know, you look at, you know, shout out to the owners, Aaron DeFeo, Ross Mm -hmm. Simon. Those guys are brilliant. Yeah. And you look at Ross's other place, Bitter and Twisted. Yeah. Their menu is always that elaborate. There's mm-hmm. a process to it. There's a rhyme and reason for every single page, you know. And they've it's, it shows because they've been nominated mm-hmm. for world's best uh, menu, mm-hmm. world's best bar menu. So that's that's huge. They've you know, top a lot. ten. I think yeah. they even got further down into the process of elimination. They've gotten other nominations years past. So these guys know what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an incredible team to work for, and I feel extremely, like, privileged and honored to work there. I'm like, oh, my God, you know? <laughs> like, sometimes I'll just be like, hey, so, like, can you just, like, um, show me how to, you know, do this or whatever? And then they're just like, yeah, sure. And then I'm like, Ross Simon is teaching me how to carve an ice ball right now. This is so tight, <laughs> you know? Like, you know, Aaron DeFeo is showing me how to get, like, a super cool double shake happening. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> so, I mean... I feel lucky. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's great that you feel lucky, but I think that you've been validated in, in yeah. the reason why you worked there yeah. uh, recently with an, a big competition, big local competition, more than local, right? We got other states involved. Right. Uh, some years more than the, the others, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Just won that. Congratulations. Thank yeah, congrats. Thank you very much. Thank you. Congratulations, um, I got to say, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just need- <laughs> nodding in your direction doesn't come off well on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I need three vocal confirmations. Yes. Well, I don't want to be you. the guy no. who didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Silence. Yep. Right? Yep. <laughs> and none for you. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, Last Linger Standing. Uh, it was my second time competing in it. Uh, last year was my first time, and I was the runner-up. And so this year it was kind of like do or die for me. I was like, I can't be a runner up two years in a row. Like that's not going to work. Yeah. I mean, how, like, where do you want to start with that? (laughs) Well, I think starting with the drink would be good. We should. Yeah. Since we feel privileged and honored that you, we're one of the very few people to actually get one of your drink recipes. True. True. Without having to pay for it. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should whip it up. Okay. Let's do it. Start drinking. Yeah. I love it. Or continue. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Um, so yeah, this drink. (laughs) (laughs) Just whipped up the winning drink from Last Slinger Standing. Mm -hmm. Final round. How many rounds were there? Four. Four rounds total. Yeah, I've been trying to remember every cocktail that I did. And I can only really remember the first and the last. Um, But like, so for, for those of you that don't know, Last Slinger Standing is this competition where when you first go... It's before there is like any viewers or whatnot. So you go and you sign up for a time slot and you go head to head with another bartender. Pretty much no one's around and they give you a um, spirit and a modifier. And they just tell you 
what to do or what to make. And like what to do as far as like a certain technique you have to stick to? In or the competition, yes. But in, but in tryouts, in tryouts no. no. Okay. So like my tryout was a white rum and then um, like it was Aperol, but it wasn't Aperol. It was the uh, like the Peychaud's liqueur. Okay. Um, and that was what I had to make in my pr- my prelim. And then from there, I mean, I think there was upwards of 100 people that auditioned or tried out essentially you could say and then they narrow it down to I think 16 and then you have a couple of alternates and then there's some people that come from out of state as well so a lot of things there's a lot of different uh things that happen from a to b so having alternates is extremely valuable Mm -hmm. um so this year I got in I was so confident with my drink too and I was like oh smash that and the person that I had gone against I tasted their drink I'm like their drinks suck my drink's awesome (laughs) not even worried here I come Slinger 2019 I'm gonna win and then it came out and it said alternate I'm like what the fuck is this (laughs) so like when you talk about like did the person you go up against get in they got into yeah as an alternate no Oh, they got in the actual competition but I was like we won't say names we're not gonna say names (laughs) (laughs) so then um uh, they are a fantastic bartender. Right. So like I was like, okay, fine, it makes sense. Chanel, lessen your ego. So we had I had to come to come to Jesus talk with myself there where I went through all these emotions where I was like, how does the runner up of Slinger last year not like get in this year? This is insane. And then I was like, Chanel, there's you just there's a lesson to learn here, you know? Like you just you know, this is a humbling moment for you and whatever. And so then uh, Slinger is super rigid about time. If you are mm-hmm. not on time, you're out. And that we have cut a lot of people over the years for not arriving on time. Mm-hmm. And so when we went to, we had like a breakfast in the morning and man, I was top bars the night before. I was hungover. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going. I'm an alternate. Screw this. This sucks. Like I literally was moments away from not going to the brunch because I was just in such a, a, hungover state of mind (laughs) and then my friend was with me and she's like you get your ass out of bed you go there because someone's not going to show up and you're going to get in I can feel it and I was like you're right thanks girl (laughs) so then I go everyone shows up to the breakfast I'm like I'm not getting in everyone's here like I'm being a, a little sad girl and then I get there and some uh, the people from out of state weren't there. And I was like, oh, my fucking God, I'm in Slinger. <laughs> and then I knew. And I just I knew I wasn't I wasn't worried. I wasn't stressed. I was like, I'm winning Slinger. I just like had this feeling. I just knew it was going to happen. And I just trusted my gut. And so every step of the way, I just kept saying, like, people were there. They were studying different recipes. They were looking at different things and um, trying to uh, – like study different like formulas of ways that you can like make drinks that would still be extremely balanced. And I just didn't do that. I just hung out. I had fun. Uh, I think a key to any success in a competition is to not drink. I don't drink during competitions. I didn't drink the first time Slinger. I didn't drink the second time in Slinger. I had like a sip of alcohol. But because I think when you, especially for a competition like Last Slinger, you have to be completely on your game. So if I've had a couple of cold ones, I'm disengaged, right? Like I'm not focused. I'm like, ah, that'll work. Screw it. But that's not the case. Like you need to be on point. So in the actual competition, they tell you basically how to make the drink, what like what um, main spirit to use and then what modifier. Um, And you just kind of go 
But and you, you s- still do the um, the straw. Yes, yes, thing. yes, yes. Oh yeah, definitely always taste what you're making. So there'll be products like even in this time around Slinger, I got thrown product I have never tasted or smelt or known about in my life. So I'm like, what the fuck is that? So when it happens, I smell it, I taste it. Okay, cool. Because you only have, what was it, six or seven? I think it's six minutes. Um, to come up with something. So if you don't know what two of the ingredients are, like you have six miles, so mm-hmm. you need to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Four drinks, three drinks, three. make uh-huh. three drinks, garnish, mm-hmm. everything, everything, start to finish six minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. And like that's the thing is, I think people get in their heads about Slinger is it doesn't have to be the best drink of your life. It doesn't have to be the best drink of the whole night. It just has to beat the person next to you. Mm-hmm. And I think it has to be balanced. It has to be balanced. And so something that they said the very first time I ever done Slinger and something they said a lot this time around too was stay in your lane. And that's what I took to heart last year. And that's what I knew to be proving, proving to um, work for me. And so I said, stuck with it. I'm not going to do something crazy. This is not an, this is not a competition to experiment with. This is a competition to just like put out a really solid drink. And move forward, you know? It's fun. It's lively. The crowd is Mm -hmm. huge. They're cheering and chanting. And people bring signs for people that they have. Like, it's a fun one. So have fun, you know? Yeah, we should go next year. Yeah, we should. It is a lot of fun. I was... Also, maybe not in the same state in terms of hangover, but definitely moving. (laughs) Moving pretty slow after because we did go to top bars on on Sunday. Yeah. (laughs) So I did not make it. Um, But so like it sounds like mid-competition or or while you're in the thick of it, basically, Mm -hmm. you know, you just you're you're trying to keep your mind clear and just trying to focus and and kind of let it come to you a little more easily. Is there anything you did to prepare in terms of like before the competition, Mm -hmm. like try? I think we talked about it once or something, maybe off air or something. But Dinger would say like, you know, you could maybe just have a friend just say, make me a drink with this. But you probably get that kind of practice all day. I guess, yep. working. Yep. So for me, this competition is super, for, for me, it's just, we. it fits like a glove because this is what people do all the time at the bar. And like, I kept telling everyone, like, people are being nervous. I'm like, you do this every day. You literally do this every mm-hmm. day. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, right now you could even be like, oh, I like berries and mezcal or something, you know, and like come up with something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what people do. And it just it's just about flavor profile and just trying to put out a solid drink really quick. Um, but yeah, yeah no it's a really prep. good point because you do it every single day. And on mm-hmm. top of the one call that you just got right from that guest, you've got 20 other people mm-hmm. at the bar that you have to make drinks for mm-hmm. or or the Wells t- printing tickets. Yeah. And so you actually at this competition, you get to just focus on that one drink. Yeah. And, and just make three of them and, and bang it out. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. This is, if I could give anyone that advice, it would just be like, don't overthink it. Because if I, I am a crazy overthinker and I will go down paths in my mind that I should not go <laughs> down to. And if I allow that to take over me, I will ruin myself. And so I just kept it real clean, clear, and concise. And just like, even when there was a moment where uh, Casey Wallens was the MC for the event and he was like, uh, 
I put a, a fat ice cube in a coupe and it was for one of my stirred drinks and um, I was gonna put a chili pepper on top of it. And then he goes, oh, what you doing there? And I'm like, I don't know, I think, I think I'm gonna scratch it. And he was like, I think it's solid. And I was like, see, there I go. I'm already overthinking. Yeah. I'm in round one and I'm already overthinking. <laughs> and I was like, just commit to your decision yeah. and move forward. Yeah. For that competition, anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're doing like Bombay's Most Imagined Bartender, maybe overthink it a little, <laughs> like <Yeah>. more a lot. <laughs> that was the one that the nerves. The you nerves did Most Imaginative. I get yeah. Is you that moved you forward. Won? Yeah, 2014. What? I got. I won regionals, so I competed you in did Vegas. Not. What? Were you shitting a brick? Yeah, <laughs> because I was pretty face this guy. Yeah, I, I was shitting bricks because I got I get to Vegas and you know leading up to that because that's a serious technical. It's extremely technical. So I was like watching videos online. Yeah. Of technical, bar, you know people teaching the technical side of it, and like Tony Abuganam, um, uh, Julio Capri. He was the pri the the prior From year's winner. Right. So I'm watching these guys and seeing, or I was watching his videos from the, the past year on the actual competition because they air the whole thing and it's on GQ.com and you know they, they televise or they do YouTube and, and whatnot. And then, so I go in my wave, my heat, we get in this, the room and we have to prep everything in the suite, in the master bedroom of a suite at the, on, at the win in Vegas. So it's like, you have, I'm like washing tools in the, in the right. bathroom sink. It's like, I'm not in my element. This is nervous. I got to literally use the Mexican beehive juicer for all of my citrus, fill all, you know, whatnot. And then I go through the double doors into the competition room, lights, camera, and these guys are sitting there. They're my judges. Tight. So, uh, you know, I'm like, fuck, this is, all right. And I didn't go by the not drinking <laughs> well, no, you did not. Okay. Because my nerves were so strong, I was like, "Well, if I just have a little bit, then you know, that'll calm my nerves." No, mm. I was like such a nervous wreck. I was, I was too fast. Mm. I had one big spill, and I didn't like. So we got five minutes. I finished in four or something. Mm. So then, when I realized that, like, I left out so much of my story, right. so much of my inspiration. I froze when they asked me questions afterwards. It just was the the nerves got to me, and I. Totally bombed that one. That's like something where in in like traditional bartending competitions is take your time because yeah. it's the story is something that is so important and that's what everyone leaves out. And that was my biggest advice because I I had done so many competitions and I was starting to get discouraged. I'm like, I never win. I'm so upset. And the the advice I kept getting was you don't tap into why you made it. What was your idea? Like, I remember it was for the Sriracha Festival, like how, whoever knows how many years ago. And I did this really awesome drink. It was called Tongue Tied. I used like a coconut milk that I like find a certain way. And I like infused the Tito's with uh, ginger and lemongrass and uh, like macaroon and like all kinds of awesome things. And it was an amazing drink. Like the judges, when the competition were over, were still drinking it. But I didn't win. My biggest advice was from everyone was because I didn't say why. I'm like, I don't even like Thai food. I don't like <laughs> sriracha. And I did, I made sriracha bitters. I wouldn't leave with that. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was like, well, that's why I was embarrassed to say that. And they're like, but you should have said that because your drink was so good, but you didn't specify, 
I don't even like Thai food and I don't like sriracha, but I made a drink that I'm comfortable with all these flavors. And if you put, you have to put yourself into your drink because I mean, you made it, right? Like it's yours. It's a part of you. So you have to communicate about why you did what you did in some capacity. And that's why you're a champ and not me (laughs) because my instinct was don't crap on the thing you're trying to make, but. Okay, That's so right. <laughs> I'm very intrigued by these home bartending competitions. Are we? Can we like talk the, about this? This like, is the only one I've ever me. heard of. Yeah, and yeah. I saw it online. I think somebody posted it in Arizona Bourbon Society. Really? Yeah, I do. I follow them. Yeah. So, I think it was Trish. Interesting. Okay. Who posted it to the Arizona Bourbon Society? Like, hey guys, this is a bourbon competition. It's Four Roses. It was awesome. Four Roses home bartending competition. So I screenshot and I sent it to those guys and they submitted and, you know, it was. Just you two. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No yeah. pros allowed. <laughs> yeah. Not that they verified that in any way. Or shape or form. Anyways, because, I mean, we were so good. <laughs> I honestly think. And I was thinking you're about this after. Yeah. Like, you're literally like, I, he's becoming salty. more and more bitter as I, he I, is. I, like, I you would think. Like, yeah. It, he would just kind of. He would just kind of get past it. But happened, the farther away we get from it, the more upset he seems to be about it. <laughs> but honestly, like, I would not be surprised if I heard that your recipes were thrown out because they probably didn't believe that you were home bartenders. Hey, first of all, wait, yeah, I made this point. I made this point and when we recorded and I immediately, yeah, I immediately get shit from this guy because he's like, oh, look who thinks he's too good to be a home bartender. Well, and here's why I said, I'm glad that you're here now, Chanel, because. All right, so as the backup, because I So listen, listen to these. sides wise. scary. Give your recipes. Oh, it was. Micah, give your recipe. uh, It was an ounce and a half of their uh, single barrel cast Mm -hmm. strength. It was. A ounce of St. George coffee liqueur. Okay. It was vanilla. Ha- mm-hmm. The yeah. vanilla. Yeah. Okay. It was a half ounce of maple syrup, uh, <laughs> and a half ounce of green chartreuse. Which, like, when I started revising it, I cut it down to a quarter. But officially, it was a half ounce. So first instinct, hearing you, you that be recipe. Honest. Yeah, because no one was more honest than Dinger on his first instinct. <laughs> first instinct, I would have cut the chartreuse. Well, first it's your instinct. face. I know. I see your face. It's your favorite thing. But I'm hearing, I'm hearing bourbon. I'm hearing maple. I'm hearing Nola. And then I'm like, great chartreuse. And then <laughs> I hear this like. So maybe my response. You could have tried yellow. My response was looking at this, hearing it, or seeing it in print on a menu. If I walk into a bar, my first instinct is gross. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say and gross. That's, well, I would that, order it out of sheer intrigue. And that that's was what it. I that said. Was, what was, what was anytime there's something on, on a menu that the ingredients just seem so disparate I, and I never would have thought that they go together, I will order it just because I want to see where the magic is. Totally. Like there's gotta but be let me follow up again and say that it was a good drink. <laughs> yeah, okay. the magic the flavors the glass. worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the flavors Beauty's actually worked. Holder, it, okay. But <laughs> so like would a home bartender throw out those that recipe? No, absolutely not. And that's why I'm saying, like, they're not going to go do, like, a background check, but maybe through process of elimination. Second side is that these competitions, any competition you do, minus Slinger, because that's an industry competition, mm-hmm. right? They're, like, marketing tools. MIB, you win an ambassadorship for a year or whatnot. Oh, I didn't know that. Right? So oh, you wow. become – so they're looking at somebody who will sell more bottles. This – they're targeting a different demographic. They're targeting home bartenders and trying to get an approachable cocktail as the winner had 
you know, a super crushable, approachable cocktail. And you guys went super geeky, weird, really good. But you guys. So went. you didn't even get to compete. They threw out your recipes. Well, we don't know. It's it's literally a form you fill out online oh. and you just put your ingredients, a picture and some sort of backstory, yeah. which, you know, we. So they announced maybe the winner it, but. and we declared ourselves second and third. Yeah, clearly. Because they don't they don't say, but we assumed. Yeah, yeah. there's no feedback. They did okay. give a criteria, which did they do that in Slinger too? Like, did they say this is what it's going to be judged on or is it kind of um, just known it's going to be, you know, presentation, no, they, aroma, stuff like that? Yes and no. They had said, like, you have to do an ounce of the main spirit and a half ounce of the modifier. You have to be... At least. Minimum. Yeah. And so whenever competitions, they always list the minimum. Or, and then the maximum that they would establish is the maximum amount of ounces. But generally, like, I, I feel like that's been tried, like, starting to be steered away from the maximum amount of ounces because, I mean, like, no one's making a 16-ounce drink <laughs> for a judge. <laughs> Unless it's a punch bowl competition. Right. Yeah. right. I, I have never even heard of that. That'd be fun. Vive did one. Really? Vive did a, a poolside I punch was there for competition. That. No, this was a couple years ago at the uh, Saguaro, right? I think so, yeah. Okay, I was literally talking to Aaron about this the other day because yeah. he won that one. And I was like, do you oh, yeah. that poolside competition? Because that was the first time I ever hung out with Aaron. And so yeah. I was saying the other day, I'm like, do you remember the first time I ever met you? He's like, no. And I was like, this dude always comes up from Tucson, wins everything. <laughs> yeah. And... <laughs> He um, was a judge. He was the blind judge for my regionals of MIB. Really? Yeah. And then he was okay. also uh, like one of the come to your booth judges mm -hmm. for the following year at regionals in Vegas. Yeah. So he's judged me twice. Wow. Gave it to me once and then he screwed me on the second. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're not bitter about our conversation. No, I mean, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Thankfully, I mean, actually he did he didn't judge. He's never been a judge in any of the cocktail competitions that I've had, but I have gone I went down to Tucson a couple years ago um, for when they opened up that I was like a, the AC Marriott or whatever mm. that like boutique hotel that they opened down there. Um, and it was for Del Bach. And oh, yeah. so then I went down there and like had dealt with them and like I'm I'm so happy to have Aaron up here from Tucson. Oh, yeah, like for sure. it was I mean, I'm sure Tucson's sad, but <laughs> it's it's good that he's up here. He Absolutely. I think it's a great town for him and, you know, with with him and Ross's relationship mm -hmm. and obviously now seeing what they've put together. Yeah. I love Aaron. Aaron's awesome. Great. Competitions. Uh, <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> Tangent. So anyways, no. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. I will yeah. kick both of you out right now. <laughs> we'll talk. Uh, we'll just get it. We'll just uh, so, rehash why we lost together yeah, and get all upset no, please, and drink yeah. the rest of this drink. That we so had. just to go back, Woe's drink also, he did a, bourbon, a brown butter washed bourbon. Did yes. you? And okay, so, so my how point did you is do like, it? Can, can, may I ask that? Your process sure. for yeah, how you secret. wash it? Well, yeah. She won't share her. I'll give, yeah, I was going to say, I'll <laughs> yes, give my recipes to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, that I took a cup of Four Roses single barrel. We both use single barrel. I don't know if you mentioned that. Um, and then four tablespoons of butter and just okay. browned the butter, um, added it to the bourbon, mm -hmm. kind of let it sit room temperature for about an hour and then froze it overnight. Yeah. And then, okay. And then strained it out. Traditional method. Yeah. Love it. So it was I'm trying to remember what the original, I, I tweaked it a little bit after to kind mm. of reduce some stuff, but it didn't change all that much. It, 
I think what I ended up with was like an ounce and a half of the brown butter bourbon, three quarter ounce, uh, the Stiggins fancy pineapple rum, and then like a third maple syrup. And then I used that Mikasa bitters, that oh, um, AZ yeah. Bitter Lab oh, that good. bitters. So it was just, it was kind of like basically like an old fashioned, you know, just a awesome. little bit of a, yeah, a modified old fashioned. So the, you did, you stirred and then. Yes. It yeah, was a stirred cool. drink. Yep. Nice. So. Yeah, that was it. I mean, I, I liked it. We that was my first time really working with the brown butter thing, mm-hmm. and that was del- I thought it was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, both cocktails were awesome, but I think that chartreuse coffee, these like these ingredients, these nerdy ingredients, and then the brown butter washing. Like, if you're targeting to the masses, masses and, yeah. yeah. What type of home bartender just does that? Has batches of brown butter washed bourbon in their house. So well, I mean, if we're gonna go down this road, technically, to be a devil's advocate, like a lot of them, you know, like that's how things starts. I mean, for goodness sakes, uh, apartment bartender on Instagram, yeah. like never bartended in a bar before that. So it's like, and same with like Michael Sue, like he was like a cocktail enthusiast who won a competition you know, in Hawaii, like there's so many people that have these come up kid stories that like, maybe, maybe you guys are on the right track. I think, know? I think they are. <laughs> and I'm, I don't want it to sound like I'm saying they're not. Oh no, it doesn't. I'm saying <laughs> from Four Roses perspective totally. in a marketing tool, yeah, they might've stood out as being mm-hmm. more than just a home bartender. Totally. Don't try and suck up. Now. Yeah. We know how you really, what you really think. The word gross is already <laughs> right here. So I said sounded, it tastes yeah. delicious. When you guys were saying home bartending competition, I was anticipating like a bunch of people that in the like house. go to like <laughs> bartending. And so I had like a whole slew of questions ready to go. And so now I'm like, oh, okay, tight. Like, uh, so we actually did that. We did, we did that. You not, did? And he's still bitter about that. Because I was runner up and then we never did another one. So yeah, because I, I like printed out scorecards and, oh, like, that's, yeah, that's, and categories. Okay, so this is what I thought yeah, of when yeah. you said home bartending competition. Uh, yeah. It's exactly what I was thinking. But yeah, I wish I, even though we didn't win, I think it was a lot of fun because I spent, you know, a couple nights, like one solid week, like every night, just trying a, something else, like mm-hmm. one other drink. And, and I wish there were more of them. I don't, we don't come across them very often. Plus you um, spent a whole afternoon with your good friend. Yep. That's right. We, oh, we recorded <laughs> we a whole podcast uh, yeah, on got, it. So that was good. That's, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and I think that like, something that says a lot about you guys is that you are trying to do things like, you know, throwing in chartreuse with a bourbon cocktail is not something that even a lot of like bar, like even not, I don't know how to word that, like a less skilled bartenders are comfortable doing. So that says a lot about you. You know, you're willing to take that stride. That's impressive. Someone that's brown, you know, butter washing bourbon at home. I've never done that at home. I did it at work because I've had to, but before having to do it at work, it was something I was like, oh, fuck no, that's intimidating. You know, <laughs> like, so it's good that you put yourselves out there because there's a lot of bartenders that are too afraid to take a step, a leap of faith and like try stuff at home. Like if you really look at it, I feel like you could break bartending into like two separate worlds where there's the people who are like, here are the recipes. I make the recipes and make the drinks. I'm going to give you a good drink and that's all I'm going to do. And then there's other people that are creative and they want to learn and they're just, you know, doing exactly what you guys want to do and like figuring it out. And I think at the end of the day, like that's how I am. I feel like that's how a lot of people are. Like how else are we going to, 
give people the, you know, we're mentioning earlier about like going back to a place in your life or a time like when a song comes on, there'll be this drink. Like when I taste it, it's funny because I should be thinking about Last Slinger, but I actually think about one of my first shifts at Little Rituals because it was a drink that I learned how to make there, you know? Like, so for me, it's just like, it takes me to a really sweet place. Sweet, ooh, there's the, there's the drinks. There's the drinks. <laughs> sweet flesh. Um, But like, that's just what we're here to do is to like, eating and drinking is viewed so differently in different cultures. And so people will wake up and have, you know, an aperitivo to start their day. And like it bonds people together. And that's what we're just trying to do. We just want to be humans together and have some food and beverage to do that with. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's culture. (laughs) It's culture. (laughs) I mean, we both, you established that both Woe and I were courageous, but who would you say was more courageous in their endeavor? Oh. Between us, because we were both very courageous. With me, oh, the chartreuse. Oh, you're going to put me on the spot right yeah. now. Because there's not enough okay. bitterness in here. They would yeah. like you okay. to pin them against each other. Tight. Uh, so I would say for me personally. No, you don't. <laughs> Fine, I won't say. We'll leave it. We know who it was. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> They each know who it was. Yeah. yeah exactly. I don't think they do. One of them is having a hard time accepting it. Uh, I, oh, they no, each know I'm that gonna, it's themselves. Yeah, I'll fall on the sword here and say I think Micah's was more courageous. Like, I don't, like a variation on old fashioned. What, they put out this little uh, blurb when when the competition was announced or in the homepage of it talking about like we're looking for something like uh, something you can share with your friends, uh, like they didn't call it a punch, but you know, something that you can batch basically mm. or something like, you know, finish your night old fashioned wise or something. And I literally was just like, Oh, I think bourbon and old fashioned just go uh. hand in hand so well together that I'm maybe overthinking it and just like, maybe they're putting the answer right there in front of me in the question, you know? And I just said, all right, well, I'll just take, I'll take that and I'll do an old fashioned. And so, but I don't, but I, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, but I'm not going to just do an old fashioned, right. you know? And I've, just, yeah, I wanted to try something, so. Because, like, that's the thing is, it's a huge identifier identifier with competitions is reading what they say. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I had done, like, four years ago, Most Imaginative Bartender, I didn't get through the prelim. And I know that I had a good drink. And I know that, I mean, it even got put on a cocktail menu. Like, it was a great drink. And uh, Jamie, who is, you know, like, the... A portfolio ambassador for um, Bacardi and Bombay and whatnot, she had said the reason that my drink didn't move forward was because it's called uh, most imaginative bartender. And she's like, it's a great drink, but you weren't as imaginative as you could. She was like, you could have done anything you wanted. You could have played music. You could have set stuff up. You could have dressed a certain way. You could have done anything you wanted and you didn't. And I was like, fuck man (laughs) and so I didn't listen and then like other competitions like and just hearing like the biggest thing that if like bartenders are listening like ask for your feedback like don't be afraid like oh I didn't win me 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 no why didn't I win let me see my score sheet like what happened yeah and nobody does that right but that's how you get better and like I'm a psycho. I'm like I'm gonna fucking win you know like so it's (laughs) like I want to know like where am I lacking because you're basically in a competition. You're putting yourself out there and you're asking someone to judge you and you don't want to know why. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So, uh, like, reading to your competition, like, when it's listing out, like, they send you all of the requirements. 
read it really carefully because then like it will say what you need to do, you know? And I had a mentor, one of the best mentors and one of my favorite people ever, Layla Lynn. She Love helped her. me, right? Yes. How can you not? She helped <laughs> me in the early stages of me starting to compete with technical, you know, really like saying practice technical, watch videos, mm -hmm. study. Mm -hmm. The one advice, one piece of advice that she always gave me and she said that no not nobody, but very few people do this is read the directions, read exactly. the instructions, mm -hmm. because so many times people come in and they get let their egos get to them. They come into the competition. They think they've got everything done. And because they missed one little part, mm -hmm. they might have had the best strength, but they're DQ'd because they're not reading the instructions exactly. or directions. So that was a big thing. And, you know, it showed. They tell you everything they need to know. Like even Asher has said in Last Slinger more than enough times, it like if you go over the time slot, like you're not going to be kicked out, but you start getting negative points against you. But if all you need to do is do a garnish, you get more points knocked off for not having a garnish than for going like five seconds over. Yep. So if you listen to what people yep. are saying, they tell you everything you need to know. But I think people, like you said, they either let their egos, but I really think it's it's their their nerves. I think people let their nerves get in the way. And it's just like be present to the situation. Just like open up your eyes, your heart, your ear, and like focus on that situation. All you what is the competition? Two hours of your life. Right. Like focus on that. Yeah. <laughs> to your same point, going over, you know, is less of a deduction than not having a balanced drink or yeah. spilling in a technical competition. Mm -hmm. So to take your time and to make sure you mm -hmm. tell your whole story, to, to like to have every single piece involved. Read directions, follow through. Follow through, be calm. And this makes me think we should have asked. Calm the nerves. I don't know if you get, I mean, it was so little feedback that we got, like not. Don't overthink it. Mm -hmm. Sorry. I think maybe we got something that's saying submission received or something, but it was like, no, nothing about like, yeah, you made the cut or you didn't make the cut or there's nothing. And I don't know how. That's common. Yeah. It's so common. So like, it was just like, I, I have no idea. Yeah. I just think you guys had really um, more refined cocktails. You had more like bartender-esque nice <laughs> um, drinks. That's what I said too. Yeah. yeah not not oh, as okay. nice. Yeah. More validation over here. Yeah. There's a lot of. <laughs> yeah. She's putting it very delicately. We should have just had her on yeah. to, to have her judge. Her. I think I'm going to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, she already has uh, a podcast. So right. Yes. That's we still true. need oh, yeah. you. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about your podcast. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Barbies. 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 B-A-R-B-E-E-Z. Yeah. -E -E yes. Right? Okay. Yes. Dot yes. com. What did you say? Dot com? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know. Um, yeah. So it's uh, me and another girl. Her name is Megan. Uh, we had actually been friends for years, but never like just more like we worked together, but we were always cool. And then um, over the past year, I'd say she just kept like coming into my life at like very intrinsic moments and vice versa. And um I saw her at the Quench Wine event and she was just confessing to me how she like had just started bartending, but she wasn't like getting the shifts and the recognition that she needed. And she was just like craving for more. And I was like, I've been there. I've done that. Um, I, I know it, I know what you're going through. And then um, I got this opportunity to go down to uh, Hacienda Patron 
and uh, go to Jalisco and like see everything that they do. And I was able to bring someone with me. And then I was like, Meg, let's go. You need this. This will be great. Like, let's do it. And she was in and we went and um, and we just had like a, just, just such an amazing experience. And then uh, we're singing karaoke and then she looks at me and I'm like singing whatever I'm doing. And she's like, Chanel, come here. I'm like, what's up, girl? And uh, she's like, we need to, like, do this. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm drunk, you're drunk, do what? <laughs> we are doing that. We are doing it. I'm saying, you're saying we're in Mexico. Like, I'm drinking bordels. Like, I'm fun. And um, <laughs> she was like, we need to, like, film – like or like record like you teaching me shit and I was like yeah sounds tight YouTube love it and then like we, she was like no I'm serious and then we had uh, talked to uh, uh, Stephen from Patron who like kind of orchestrates a lot of the educational aspects of that and he was like why don't you guys like do a podcast and we're like I don't know anything about that <laughs> and we just started researching it we came home and like we kept thinking, we're like, something about the bees, because Patron's logo is a bee, and something about bar and this, and we couldn't, like, we're just like, we gotta go, we gotta go, and finally one day Meg was like, Barbies! Um, and then it just kind of unfolded, and it's happened very natural and very organic, and um, we just kind of wanted to create this space where the world of the bar industry, as I'm sure you all can relate to, can be completely intimidating. And it's intimidating for me sometimes. It's just so like prim and proper and yet like it's alcohol. Mm -hmm. Like what does alcohol do? It makes people not be able to speak well that like mm -hmm. they fall <laughs> over. Podcast. Like it, make, it makes people like lose a part of their brain. And yet we're acting like it's this super rigid thing. And so we kind of wanted to take that down and like break down these barriers and make it more approachable for people. And um Day by day, episode by episode, we're tracking away. <laughs> um, sometimes we do interviews. Sometimes it's just her and I. But we just try to, like, open up about different things that maybe people aren't as comfortable to open up about and just kind of put it on this platform and be like, hey, like, I'm thinking this. Are you? Like, who really wants to talk about bartender ego? But I do. Like, because it's annoying. You know, like, and yeah. so through it that. certainly is. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he is the least egotistical bartender I've ever met. That's because he's not behind the bar anymore. Though. Oh, I didn't notice. Were you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, like, and that's the thing is, and so to be able to, like, do that, I think is a, a really nice thing. I mean, like, you guys have podcasts. We have one. But, like, it's cool. Like, let's join up together. Let's, like, do these things. And it's nice to meet like-minded individuals that see the same path. I think that we can, like, break through this in our industry where there's this like glass ceiling to be shattered that needs to be. And I, I think we're all on the same page of like moving forward to this like greater good. Yeah. You guys have really great energy. Thank I you. enjoy listening. Yeah, it's a, good, it's a good podcast. Yeah. I like it a lot. We try uh, to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. And I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you came on here because I, like I said, and yours, I was like, you know, it feels the same in, in the sense of listening to your, you and Megan talk. I feel like I'm sitting with you guys mm -hmm. and, you know, you're talking about a lot of things. I mean, you, you kind of come at it a lot and you're talking about your experience in the industry, obviously, which we get a little bit of that from Dinger. Um, but, you know, Micah and I obviously don't have that. So we always try to bring our 
thoughts and perspectives on what it's like to be at home looking at something new cool on Instagram yeah. or going into little rituals and seeing it and thinking like it's kind of the same thing like man this is intimidating like that drink with the picture on it I'm like how the am I supposed to do that like I don't <laughs> but then you know talking to somebody like you um, or dinger or whoever you know you just realize well that's just ingredients and it's actually well mm-hmm. that one might be difficult I don't know but that whole little painting. It's that's rice not, paper. But yeah, it's so, well, so when we went it, in there. You put it down and it's done. That's what Dinger <laughs> yeah. was telling us. But, <laughs> it's easy. But, you know, well, at really, first I said that it was uh, somebody's back there just like. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. They're all, all their little bitters <laughs> bowls. Their only and their small little paintbrush. That yeah. mural. They have to be really quick at it. Yes, for anybody who does know what we're talking about, they have a drink that has a little garnish, and it's like a painting that kind of It's a mural of all things Phoenix. Yes. Yes. So it's It's called Big City Nights, and um, it's a uh, blackberry-infused gin, a little bit of Suze, some lemon, egg white, other things. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And um, there's a mural on our wall that's right next to the well, and there's like all things Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's... uh, Yeah, Tucson's included. Tucson is 100% included. (laughs) Uh, Aaron is from Tucson. (laughs) So um, there's things like uh, Emma Stone's up there, Mel's Diner, um, the little like uh, castle by the zoo. There's all kinds of stuff. There's like the jackalope that doesn't exist that's on there. Uh, there's just a whole bunch of like awesome things. There's even stuff the other day I was looking, I was like, oh shoot, that's in there, you yeah. know? And there's just a lot. Um, but we've taken that mural and we've downsized it and then we put it, so it comes in a, an up glass, so like in a coop, and we lay that on top so that the foam from the egg supports that rice paper very nicely. Um, and it just like looks super dope. Uh, yeah. How did I miss that one? You see what? The drink you're talking about. Oh, really? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I ordered well, you it, got, but you got there a little late. late so, so it was a part of the first round of drinks that yeah. came out. Yeah. Um, but I, I scoured the menu, still didn't. I must have just missed it. It was probably because it was like in the menu. It doesn't look like unless you're looking for it, you don't see it. I feel uh, like yeah. it's kind of funny because they even said like they didn't anticipate this drink to be like one of our best selling drinks. Yeah. <laughs> so like. <laughs> Like that drink when you're in like a crunch, you're like, oh my gosh, because you have to like lay it down perfectly. Or <laughs> if my tweezers are wet and I go to grab the rice paper and it bleeds, like the image has blurred. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so then I like got to go back. But I take it back. Dinger sent us a picture a long time ago. I just, <laughs> Did she just pull up a thread? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah see, drink's tight. So <laughs> this one, yeah, the first time yeah, I ever went into Little Rituals, first week of opening, I okay. had suppliers in town and I took them there at the end of the day to just have a drink. And, you know, if we had a chance, if Aaron had time, we'd, you know, show them some product, whatnot. And I saw this and I think I had seen somebody post it before. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I got to get this drink. And so I get there and I'm looking at the menu and I see that it doesn't have any of my product in it. So I was yeah. like, so you can't okay, order like it. industry thing. I, you know, yeah. I sh- probably should just, you know, get my stuff and support yeah. that. And, and I was like, nah, you know, I, I got to get it. I got to see it. I got to see it in person. And I got it. And then like five minutes later, my general manager walked in Shoot. to sit down with us. <laughs> it's not big. I mean, it's not, it's not an issue, but it just was kind of funny how I was like, oh yeah, I just, uh, I had him put our stuff in it. <laughs> <laughs> Good drink. Great drink. Every drink we had there. I mean, you guys do a phenomenal job. Yeah. And your podcast is awesome. Yeah. So we want to do a, I think it'd be cool to do a collaboration. Yeah. We should, we should get Megan in here too. Which is like because one, of one that more energy. person. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
no, that'd be fun. I know. I was like, uh, she had uh, texted me on her way. She's like, are you busy? I'm like, no, girl, I'm just driving. Come with. And I was like, I feel weird. I'm like, it's more about like slinger, but I feel weird that like you're not there. She's like, just rep the shit out of Barbie. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, I want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, no, I mean, you, you guys would be more than welcome to come back on because like like Dinger said, I think your energy is awesome. Like we would love to have both you guys in here and we can just bullshit about whatever or yeah. something else. I mean, yeah, Slinger, I th- think today we told you we wanted to really hear about Slinger, which yeah. is obviously would be predominantly you talking about it. But, right, um, right, right. <laughs> but um, love to have you guys back on. And, and like I was saying, you know, it's, it seems now, now having sat down and talked with you, like our goals are definitely in line, mm-hmm. like in sync. We're just trying to make it more approachable more uh, home bartenders, you know, so that they just know, start to recognize products, mm-hmm. you know, and not be intimidated by them and realize that, oh, it's just this, like, it's yeah. just that. And, you know, how to work with it at home, you know, so that's that's our whole goal. So, yeah, the know. biggest takeaway is what you said earlier, Chanel, is just don't overthink it. Yeah. You know, if you have a passion for it and you want to do it, just do it. Boom, and there's your title for it. I know you're going to think of a title for this episode. Don't overthink <laughs> it. Oh, too well, busy focused on him kicking the table. Oh, Jesus Christ. I think you're going to let that go. <laughs> <laughs> Micah pops on things in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me just grab my beer here. <laughs> See, that's fine because it's a celebration of your marriage to Misty. <laughs> it makes me feel good hearing your ring clink because. <laughs> It's a joining of two people who I love. Oh, that's sweet. That's very nice. Mm, sweet. Well, I appreciate Stop that. Stop kicking the table. That's a signet. <laughs> now I got it. Now you got it. Third one taken down. So one of Meg and I's first episodes, it was literally, it was like this dude that I had met on Tinder and he came over. I was like, do you want to come over and like record an episode? Like we're bored. <laughs> and he's like, sure. And he had just started bartending and he got, we all got really drunk. Right. And so, cause we're like nervous and it was like our second time, like ever recording with somebody. Cause her and I had done it. We're like, Oh, we're fine. And everyone's like smacking the table and moving the mics and like being ridiculous. And the whole time, <laughs> So I feel for that, but like past that episode, I was like, okay, yo, we just can't be that drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the cool. That's how I felt after listening to our recording of when we had Libby on yeah. from Undertow. Oh, really? Oh, I love her. We did. Yeah, Libby's yeah. awesome. We did, obviously we were doing tiki drinks. Right, and, right. And I brought in some rum fire. Hmm. And had a little too much of that. <laughs> <laughs> if you've had that, some Jamaican overproof pot still, oh, 126 okay. proof. Yeah. Kind of caught to me. Yeah, yeah. caught to me. Okay, yeah. caught to me. <laughs> just like now, it did you see it? Just did. Four points. So now here we are. Did we ever get into the drink from Slinger? I don't think no. so. I don't think we did. We Blew right past. Yep. I digress. We didn't? Oh, no. no we didn't right. Because you talked about. Okay. Okay, yeah. okay. Please so, tell. What did we just drink? Just. Okay, that's what we just What did we just have three of? Yeah. Okay, so. I'll just, I'll really back up in, into the mindset behind it. So the, uh, the last thing that they had given us, it came up and it was Mezcal and it was uh, Real Puree and those, and it had to be blended. And I was like, okay, tight. Like I already know what I'm going to do because, and everyone was really worried for me because Colton, who was the runner up is in a, like an agave specialist. And everyone was like, we knew you were going to lose. Like everyone was like, (laughs) Colton's got it. It's in the bag. And I even immediately was like, you know what? If I know he's really good with agave, if he wins, uh, that's fair. Like I'm not mad. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but 
No, <laughs> I, I mean, two years runner up. I'd have just been, you know, <laughs> constant. Well, and I, I talked to him <laughs> too, and he was like, yeah, you know, Mescal gets pulled. And I'm like, well, fuck, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> right? I know, I feel more bad for him than I do myself. Yeah. yeah. But okay, so then I had asked, I was like, Asher, any real product, because the screen showed coconut. And I was like, oh, okay, like if it's coconut, it's different. But if it's any real, because the passion fruit puree from the real had been yelling at me the entire night and I kept wanting to use it in a cocktail, but nothing was working. Nothing was coming up to work with it. So then I saw the mezcal and then he's like, yeah, any real product. Well, the porn star martini, which if no one's familiar with is traditionally like a vanilla vodka, Pessoa passion fruit and like a vanilla liqueur with a shot of Prosecco on the side and bitter. And Pessoa is passion fruit. But is a passion fruit liqueur. Passion fruit liqueur plus passion fruit puree, Uh lime. Yeah. Uh, Well, so traditionally there is, traditionally there is no lime. You dropping the mic and leaving? No. I knew I didn't want to call him out about that. (laughs) You should have. Definitely should have. In case you can't tell, we do give each other shit from time no, to time on this. No, that's good. I think that's healthy. <laughs> like, because if you can't talk shit, I mean, Meg and I do that all the time. We're constantly like, <laughs> but not only did I forget <laughs> the prosecco with the recipe, I had to buy this just before recording, and so it was room temperature. So I threw it in the freezer. I forgot it in Ooh, the freezer. Hi. So that would have been rough. There we go. I hope this doesn't blow up on us. It's not gonna. So uh, I actually don't remember. Oh, the drink. Yes. Okay, right. Yeah, right. Okay. with the shot of prosecco that's been sitting here the whole time. Yeah, I just haven't drank. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that passion fruit puree was yelling at me to use it. It was like, please use me, and I'm like, you got it. <laughs> um, and so uh, the traditional porn star martini um, we make often because bitter and twisted makes it all the time, um, and so. At Little Rituals, I don't know if it's something that started at Bitter and Twisted or if it's something that started at Little Rituals. I don't I don't know that order because I didn't work at Bitter and Twisted, but it was very, very common for it to get rang in as a porn star martini, pardon me, sub mezcal. So I literally have made mezcal porn stars <laughs> on a regular basis for like two months, <laughs> like multiple times a night. So I saw that. I'm like, done. Blend it call it a day, like, let's go. But I decided to add in a little bit of lime, which is not traditional for a porn star martini, but people will do it. Uh, Porn star martinis do have an elevated sweetness. That is the appeal of the cocktail. Mm -hmm. Um, For for my palate, it is not. And so especially with mezcal, it it begs for lime. Um, I am not a master blender. Like, that's not something that I do. The first time I've actually ever worked with blended drinks is at Little Rituals ever in my entire bar history. Um, and cause we have a coupe colada that we, uh, so it's an amazing like Prosecco pina colada. Um, and so I am not a master blender by any means. And I had actually asked Ross right before I went on, I'm like, I feel like, you know, I was like, I'm going to get the blended drink. How do I like, what is dilution, whatever. And he's like, just add in don't do too much. You can always add in ice, but you can't take out. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to move forward. I'm going to do this. And I decided to use the draft ice, which is that thick cubed ice instead of like pebble ice or like, um, 
you know, like the normal ice that's going to come out of your freezer because those are going to be, um, they're going to dilute too fast and cubed ice is going to retain that uh, firmness and that like frigidarity, <laughs> like essentially, I guess. And um, so I just did one scoop and I'm like, okay, there's three judges. This is a ton of liquid, one scoop of ice. Like that's all I would use to shake it. So my mentality was how much ice would I use to shake three drinks is how much ice I should use to blend three drinks. And so I did that and then um, put out the shot of, uh, shot of Prosecco plus the, the three judges that I had, one of them like loves porn star martinis and the other <laughs> one works with Pessoa often. So I was like, duh, if I don't do a porn star, I'm an idiot. <laughs> so I put it up and it won. And that was super awesome moment. Nice. Yeah. So where does the Prosecco feel, fit into that? Where It just like, comes that, on the side. Okay. That's what it is. Yeah. So a porn star martini, just um, vanilla vodka, vanilla uh, syrup, and then your passion fruit and the Prosecco on the side. Oh, okay. Like, I didn't know that was part of the... Oh, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Just on the side. Mm -hmm. mm. So just a little shot of it. Uh, but it was funny because my mom and dad were actually at that event. And when uh, the MC had asked me saying like, oh, what are you making? I'm like, I'm making a riff off a of porn star. So afterwards, my mom was like, I didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, and then you handed this drink and I was very nervous. <laughs> That's cool that they were there. Yeah. Were they, they there last year? They were there last okay. year. Yeah. Um, so I'm a nerd and I love my parents and I love them supporting me. Um, my parents were super actually against me bartending initially. And so when I started to get good at that, I started inviting them to everything that I did because I was like, you're going to stare at me and you're going to look at me excelling and you're going to like it. <laughs> and now they do. And so now I invite them. That's always me and my parents at my cocktail competitions every time. And I don't care. I'm not embarrassed. Like, no, I, I think it's awesome. Yeah. My mom actually had like probably 15 members of my mom's side, uh, all from Chicago flew into Vegas uh -huh. oh, for that. Awesome. And like some kind of surprise. I didn't know exactly how many were coming and whatnot, but my mom made a comment about, I never thought I would be so proud of you for being a bartender or something, you know, something like it's kind so of the true. same, like, well, not what I had in mind for you, right. but to see what you're doing with it, like I'm proud. When I when people ask me about you know cocktails or whatever, or I ask me what I'm into, and I tell them cocktails, and they ask me how I got into that or whatever. Also, I have a friend who's a bartender, but like that that term itself is super broad. Like mm -hmm. saying I'm a bartender, or I have a friend who's a bartender. They don't, that doesn't mean like that they're at little rituals busting out little rice. You know, <laughs> garnishes, rice patty garnishes, yeah. or, you know, they could be in Old Town, you know, slinging vodka sodas. Mm -hmm. And that from totally. from an outsider's perspective looking yeah. in, it's almost like there should be a different name for it. But my understanding, again, from the uh -huh. outsider's looking in, I know, no, where, yeah, I know where we're going. <laughs> is mixed, you know, mixologist. And, I, you know, that it just sounds hoity toity. You know, mm -hmm. people don't really like it. Bartenders don't seem to love it that much. Um, and I get that. I don't know of another way to really describe it until I have to kind of elaborate and say they bartend at a cocktail spot. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like good. They put out some good shit. It's not, you know, like I said, vodka right. soda or something like that. It's a craft. Like it, and you, it takes skill and time to really hone it. Not just totally memorizing a couple, you know, recipes and going and making cash real quick. It's so subjective. And I know, I don't know. I, I think about this often, honestly. And so it's like, even on an episode that Meg and I have done, I uh, someone called me uh, a mixologist. Megan actually called me a mixologist, and I was like, "I know it. 
And we get this whole debate and I was like, I'd be fine with barologist. I'll take that, you know? But like, that's the thing is, is because if we really look at the meaning of a bartender, tend bar, someone, someone that tends to the bar, that's it. Like there's, there's nothing really crazy about it. So if you're behind a bar and you're tending it tight, right? When mixologist first came out, I was like, that's so rad. And then I was like, wait, no, I don't like it. And then now I'm going back to liking it. I don't know, because I do think there is a difference. And that doesn't mean anyone's better than anyone, but it also, there, it, there is a definite line in the sand of capability. And it's just kind of hard to like, Point. I think there was a gener- there was a, a few generations where it went a different direction. Totally. Which is why then it kind of could have the bad rap for it for the name or the term or, or whatever you're doing, and why somebody who is taking like the the technical side and the elegance and the the hospitality bringing that back into mm-hmm. tending bar. Um, while like coming up with creations and, you know, competitions are so popular right now. So maybe that, you know, it started because they wanted to separate themselves from Flair or mm-hmm. the, you know, the um, Tom Cruise <laughs> cocktail, cocktail. cocktail. Yeah. you know, like that, that era. I think it's going back to the pre-prohibition style. And in that yeah. era, they were just called bartenders and they weren't, it wasn't looked down upon. They're actually like. Idolized. More of yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because this is somebody who is curing my day. I'm coming totally. and they're making me feel good, and they're taking away my problems, and and they're like they're tending to to my needs and giving me a buzz. And it's like like you said, it's idolized. So I feel like we're I feel like we're shifting again, you know. And and I think that's really good. And I, I liked I like to see that because. The service industry needs to be recognized as an actual field. And like people shouldn't feel bad about like that's what they want to do. Like, you know, like it sucks that I had to like convince my parents that all I've ever wanted to do since I was a kid was own a restaurant. And that's still all I want to do. I'm not going to feel bad about that anymore. And I hope other people don't either because, hey, we make pretty good money. So (laughs) like you can't say it's not a good field. Yeah, no, there's, there's careers out of it. A hundred percent. Well, and like, that's the thing is like, even like your profession, like someone has to sell this product for us to use for people to drink. So like, why be mean to the person cooking your food, pouring you your beverage, dropping it off to your table? Like, what do you get off of that? An industry that will never go away. Ever. Security. I mean, and then even deeper than that, you know, the people who are traveling the world and finding these producers who've been making this herbal liqueur for the past 500 years and bringing it to you, mm-hmm. taking the time and efforts to bring it and educate then other people to then go and distribute, to educate the staff, to learn, know how to use it. And Are we I talking mean, about so many again? I know, We're I was going to say, I was like, you talking about chartreuse? <laughs> Let's talk about chartreuse. <laughs> I mean, what's, like, what's cool about yeah. chartreuse is that monks made it. Yeah. yeah. That's what's tight. Like, so all this stuff you really go back to, especially with bitters and whatnot, like these were herbal remedies yeah. to cure ailments, like physical ailments that now we use to ingest. And like someone had sat at the bar, I don't know who it was or what we were talking about, and they were saying, when they're sick, they actually drink chartreuse. Oh, yeah. And they're like, literally, because I know that there's like 47 plus herbs in there. <laughs> Something's bound to fix whatever I have. Yeah. And I was like, 
That is the smartest thing I've ever yeah. heard in my life. Well, I'll put it in my latte, and that seems to work for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that actually sounds good. It sounds like my some? drink. Yeah. <laughs> I get it now. Oh, I get it now. Now you're a believer. Now you think I got second place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never took the most amount of risk. <laughs> no, that's different. Risk, I already conceded that point. That was going to be my question: was risk as in flavor profile, or risk as in like technical ability? I just wanted nice things, things said about me. That's yeah. all I was going to say. Just fish. <laughs> the best thing is just to feed him. Just feed the ego. You're doing Keeps great. everybody happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, that's all I wanted. Yeah. Now we're here. Okay, here we are. Two we're hours later. And that beard is sharp. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks, that's buddy. True. Yeah. It's sharp both, beard. Both you guys. On that note, yeah. uh, thank you very much for joining us. Thank uh, you. I think we learned a lot about not only just Last Slinger, but about little rituals, yeah. about you. Um, and yeah, any shout outs? I know Barbies, obviously. Yes. B a r b e e z. You're on Instagram. I'm assuming you're on. You're on Facebook too. I think. Right? Uh, yep. So Instagram, it's uh, underscore Barbies, and then we do have a page on Facebook as well. Um, we are on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Um, I'm Chanel dot Desert dot Coast, and then Meg, my partner, is Lil Megs. So Lil, on, Lil like Lil Wayne, Lil Megs, Lil yeah. Max, like Lil Wayne. No, <laughs> I mean kind of no. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I've I've had a great time. This was awesome. I I loved it. I love that we have a same vision for this industry, and even to see someone who's been in the street and people that haven't, and we still have that same mindset is very inspiring to me. It makes me feel really good. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Well, um, that's all I got. Uh, you know, always parched. We're at always parched. No underscores. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, hit us up. We'll, we'll post it. But uh, thanks. And obviously, you guys are always welcome to come back. You, maybe Megan, come yeah, on next time. Yeah, we'd love that. Do a little Phoenix uh, collaboration. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. All right. Bye, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>